Maybe you can get him to eat a shit sandwich. That would be fun. Why the hell would I? What? Hold the spotlight on me. Shine, baby, shine. I'm going to take my time. Represent the charm. Smile. I'm going to represent the East Shore. It's a huge shit sandwich, and we're all going to have to take a bite. I'm about out of charm. Put the tea on my chest. Dirt pipes, bits, clubs, and cars. Baltimore stars. Hit them all. Be raw. You with your mother. It's my joke of the week, it's so, so freaking fantastic. The models they cool, ship them in the box, they don't. We here, y'all here, so what you want to do? Break the pain to the truth. Roll on the niggas. Oh my god, Williams Crosby from Fatal Games, and you are listening to Hysteria Continues. And indeed you are. Welcome back to episode 134, I believe, and this is a very special episode. Um, uh, it's our, I believe it's our sixth birthday, and as you could probably tell from the intro, we're going to be covering Michael Powell's seminal uh, protest slasher Peeping Tom. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, well, actually, no, we're not. Last year, we covered Psycho, uh, the granddaddy of all the slasher movies. Uh, and this time, we've taken what could be described as a left turn um, uh, away from class um, and, and Hitchcock to the other spectrum, the other side of the spectrum of the slasher movie. And that's, we can say, we can thank or possibly blame our special guest today, uh, David Molay. Is that how you pronounce your last name, David? Is it Molay? Yeah, that is correct. Excellent, excellent. Well, thank you for coming aboard. We've you've been um, a part of this kind of slasher bandwagon for many years, haven't you? You were because you were on the uh, the Body Count Continues forums. Well, you you were on um, the alt horror news group as well, weren't you? Before that, or am I? Or am I? Uh, no, not that far uh, okay. back. Not that far back. Not back to the dinosaur age of me and Joseph and uh, Nathan, I believe. Uh, but, um, but uh, no. Well, thank you for being with us. Um, and um, we, you, we're going to obviously dissect, um, uh, possibly even you, um, for picking this uh, for <laughs> Axum, um, which has been described as the worst slasher movie ever made, um, and possibly, well, very probably with good reason. Um, but it's very good to have you with us, and I know it's very early for you. Um, 6 a.m. in the glorious mm. land of Trump. So, um, don't just don't bring it up. No, won't bring it up. Um, okay, so let's, let's just pretend. Let's just pretend, and maybe this will be the last podcast. And how, how what better way to go out in a blaze of glory than with Axum? So, um, um, I still think he's super dreamy. Who, who Trump or, or the guy yeah. in Axum? So dreamy. <laughs> hey, I like annoying oranges. I love he it. He always oranges. looks like he just finished sucking on a lemon. 
Mm. Every time he talks, he looks like which is ironic because he's orange. Yes, yeah. oranges and lemons. But it's just like his, his face is all like pursed out. It's so weird. I'm like, oh no. my god! I'm like, I'm not getting, I'm not getting into politics. But he's weird the worst podcast. Like seriously, I could do a better podcast. Like seriously, <laughs> come to life. Yeah. But That's I, Trump. Should, like, That's he my has a vegan. You should like him, uh, Justin. Why? Because he's a, a big citrus fruit. Because he looks like he sucked a lemon and he looks like an orange. I don't really think that's a uh, criteria that I would uh, oh. choose for my politicians, to be honest. Um, okay. Whether they look like fruit. But um, anyway, enough of Trump. Um, but from one bad thing to another, um, we will be talking about uh, Axum a little bit later. But how's everyone else doing? Uh, uh, David, are you you doing good? You're in Ohio, aren't you, I believe? Yeah. Yeah. The wonderful state of Ohio. Excellent. Well, as we've had, um, uh, I, as my geography, American geography, is very poor. But how far away are you from uh, Joseph and Nathan? In, in mileage, he's about four hundred and fifty miles. Oh, so in American terms, that's kind of next door, really, isn't it? No, too far. Too far. Too okay. far away. Okay. It, it's it's a it's about a six to eight hour drive. So. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. Well, we. But can... in the grand scheme of things, that's nearby in terms of America. Yeah. All right, sure. Yeah, I, for, yeah, I thought it would be. I know that. So what there's, what there's... films were made in Ohio? Is there any slasher movies made in Ohio? Mm. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street is set in Ohio. Oh. If you ignore the uh, palm trees and everything, <laughs> <laughs> since they recorded in L L A, I think. Yes, yeah. I think they did. So, um... but it's set in Ohio, so I'll take it. Cool, oh. cool, excellent. Well, they could, that's, that's um... all I have is Rawhead Rex. Mm. That's really that's... all you need. Yeah, Justin doesn't have anything in Bristol, do you, Justin? The only thing in Bristol was that being human. That was um, set in oh, Bristol, yeah. but uh, that's not really, yeah. No, nothing. Um, I, in Brighton, when I lived in Brighton, there was that d- Dirty Weekend. That was filmed there. Oh, the Michael Winner film? Mm. Mm. Yeah, very cheesy uh, Michael Winner, sort of rape revenge film. But uh, as uh, dear old Michael Winner, now long departed, but... Um, uh, but yes, so um, well, in time on the tradition, uh, well, tell us how you've been doing, Nathan and Joseph, but if you want to also talk, let's, let's little catch up on what we've been watching recently and rattle through a few recommendations or not recommendations. Um, Nathan, how about you going first? What have you watched recently? Um, I watched The Autopsy of Jane Doe. Okay, yeah. <clears throat> Um, I thought it was uh, great. I mean, I don't want to talk it up too much because I feel like when a, a movie gets like very good word of mouth that it comes around and somebody will eventually watch it and say, well, that wasn't that great. And I'm like, well, mm-hmm. you shouldn't get your hopes up about it. Mm-hmm. You know, just, you know, go into it with an open mind. I say, you know, I, I'm, not everybody's going to like it. But to me, I thought it was really fun. It had its fair share of creepy moments. Uh, the tension was uh, great in the film. It's very tense atmosphere. Um, if and I'm not going to go too far into the plot because I don't want to spoil anything. But you know the basic plot line is um, this father and son that work um, in their home. They're they're doing an autopsy, and it's in this small town. Um, and they're in the basement of their like secluded house, and they're doing like the autopsy of this you know body that just got brought in that has like no visible marks on it, and she's basically a Jane Doe. And as they're doing this autopsy, these crazy things start happening. That's as far as I'll go with it. But, you know, it's it's a lot of fun, um, you know, great scenes, you know, great acting. Um, you know, it was it was a pleasant surprise for me. Has anybody else seen it? I did. Yes, I have. Yes, I have as well. Oh, everybody oh, has. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I 
think I might have mentioned it on the last podcast. I'm not, I'm not sure if I did. But, I feel uh, like you did. But I don't. You know, I, thought you, I thought you said you were going to watch it, but I don't know if you said uh, you had watched. Okay. It. No. no. Okay. Oh, that's mm, yeah. Okay. But yeah, I did watch it. I mean, I, I quite liked it. it was, I didn't like it as much as I thought I would, and I think again, it probably fell foul to that old hype thing. Um, but I thought it was pretty solid. It's pretty solid. Um, uh, it kind of yeah. It, it just it, it just missing a little something for me. But I, I it's pretty solid compared to a lot of the crap that's out there. So that's another yeah. another line for the box art. Um, <laughs> yeah, more solid than a lot of the crap out there. Yeah. Mm. So, what about you, David? Did you you say you saw it? Uh, yeah, I saw it a maybe a week or two ago. Mm. What did you think of it? Um, I'm not one to usually believe the hype when it comes to movies because I know every time I you know get my hopes up and then it just all comes crashing down. Mm. Um. I really liked the first half. It like slowly built up. I literally had no idea what the movie was going to be about, what kind of movie it was going to be. So I was really liking it. And then about the halfway mark, not to spoil anything, but it just takes a complete like, you know, 180 turn and becomes something else. Right. Uh, at the end of it, I think I still enjoyed it. It just, I don't know. It wasn't everything I was building it up to be in my head, I guess. Okay, no, it's a fair comment. I think I'd probably agree with that. Although I, I like the idea behind it. I think it just kind of went from being kind of creepy to a bit silly. I kind of guess that was mm -hmm. my, that was kind of my feeling. Um, what about you, Eric? Um, yeah, I, I quite liked the 180 degree turn halfway through. I have to say, I, I did enjoy it. What the reason I saw it was, I told you I got an Xbox as a little treat for myself after Christmas, and you can get all these apps that will stream um video for you um quite illegally so it's basically netflix but not legal um and i don't know how like microsoft <laughs> can get away with this but as long as they do i'm going to avail of it so it was on there in a pristine widescreen print um so that's how i watched it yes keeping up with my old um you know pirate stereotype there um oh, i did enjoy it mm? oh eric I know, I know. Mm. But I mean, if it's there, I mean, I didn't download it. <laughs> you what? You just downloaded um, I don't, I don't a program to, to download illegally, to stream illegally. Was it Kodi? I didn't know. I didn't know it was going to stream stuff illegally. It, it was called. It's called Free Movies HD, and I downloaded it thinking it was going to be um, just uh, public domain titles. And I said, Ash, there might be one or two things on there I'll watch. But then when I went into it, it had all the latest cinema releases, like on shot in camcorders. Um, but it also has a huge back catalogue of other stuff. As soon as something comes out in Blu-ray or DVD, it's it's ripped and it's up there. Which. Um, yeah, I, as I said, I don't know how Microsoft get away with it, but because I'm I'm so used to being an Apple product um, consumer that they're so strict they wouldn't allow this type of nonsense. Nonsense, but um, thankfully Microsoft do. So I was able to watch uh, the autopsy of Jane Doe, which I did really like because I remember um, Amanda was on talking about it, but I can't remember the specifics. I remember she said she liked it, but I don't remember the plot. So like David, I went in not knowing really what was happening. Um, so I I actually liked the the twist it takes halfway through. I thought it was suitably creepy, and um, in a week where I've had to watch Axum twice, uh, it seemed a masterpiece. <laughs> well, there is so that, that might have that might have skewed my opinion as well, because I mean, this is amongst watching that film. So, you know, mm. and I agree with Eric. You know, I mean, I know a lot of people. You know, they're kind of iffy about the twist, but I liked it. But yeah, I like. It does seem like it's going to be one of those movies where. People either like love the twist or hate it, or they love the first half more than the second half, or vice versa. I can see it's that like happening a lot. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's a good comparison. Excellent. Well, Joseph, what about you? You've seen it as well, presumably legally. 
Unlike yes, I actually, <laughs> I actually watched it legally. Um, I liked it a lot. Um, I, I, I like that um, you're basically, you know, dealing with two unreliable narrators in the in the mortician characters. So you really don't have a an idea of what's going on. You're just kind of getting their knowledge of the situation, and they're not experts. So I kind of like that. Um, I do like the build up better than the the second half, like David. But you know, all in all, I I found it pretty rousing. It's it's short and to the point. So uh, yeah, a thumbs up for me. Excellent. Did you say pretty arousing? <laughs> yeah, pretty, he said pretty arousing. Rousing. You like well, dead bodies? I, I did find the dead bodies sexy. So Jimmy Jimmy Savile. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I would like to say I did love uh, Brian Cox in the movie. I haven't seen him in anything. Oh, well, there's in a an while. opportunity for. Um, did you say Brian just, Cox? Yeah, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Yeah. Justin's get his editing tools out again. Saying, "Oh, I do like Cox." Well, yes. you did that to me before. Let me just see where, where is that? Um, f- uh, Sixteen minutes twenty-five. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Let's jot that down. Um, <laughs> um, uh, so, well, it's that think... kind of party. <laughs> um, uh, Nathan, thank you. What anything else you've been watching? Um, well, it's not horror related, but I had to bring it up just for Eric's sake, even though he already knows about it. But I did get to go see the Dirty Dancing Live Theater <gasps> show. Oh. oh, it was amazing. It was so much fun. Like, yeah, Justin, you'd even like it. Yeah, well, it's so brilliant. <clears throat> mm. It's really good. It's high, It was very high energy, and it was really funny at times, and the dance numbers were crazy. Mm. Okay. And I asked, you know, I asked, you know, Wes, you know, uh, if, if it's okay if we do the lift, but apparently I'm too heavy for that, so thanks a lot. Ooh. Did he put you in the corner, though? That's harsh. Yes, he did. Mm. Joe would be really easy to lift, would be. But Justin. in his defense, he put me in a corner because I was watching Axum. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. he deserved it then. That's yeah. one watermelon West does not want to carry. <laughs> <laughs> they had a shirt. I wanted it really bad, too. It said, I carried a watermelon. But awesome. it was a female shirt. So I'm like, I don't want to walk around in this <laughs> you are a female. top with glitter. You are a female. You are a female. <laughs> I'm like, excuse me, why the disrespect to all the guy fans of Dirty Dancing? Yeah. Like, almost everything they had was girl-related. Yeah, all two the show, of them. Like, for yes. sale. Where I can't imagine why. Um, all two of them. <laughs> all right, well, I was actually shocked by how many guys were there. Now, admittedly, it could have been guys that's wives dragged them there. I don't know. But... <clears throat> Gay guys. <gasps> how dare you? Yeah, that's a stereotype. I am offended. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> As a straight male, I am offended. <laughs> well, thank you, thank you, Nathan. Well, David, as you're offended, have you seen anything that hasn't offended you? Then, uh, you know, recently you want to talk about, apart from Axum, of course. Oh God, it, it takes. I don't know. I am like almost impossible to offend. I mean, if you guys know me as you do, I'm just like very easygoing. One of the biggest smartasses in the world. If I'm talking, I'm probably being sarcastic most of the time. Are you being sarcastic now? You'll never know. No, never know exactly. But um... sarcastic, you. <laughs> I know, shocking, right? So... <laughs> uh, I just want to apologize ahead of time because as I'm listening to you guys talk, I have to keep reminding myself I'm not listening to the podcast. I'm actually part of it. <laughs> it's a kind of meta thing, isn't it? It but, is. Um... I've listened to 130 some odd episodes now. You know, just hours and hours of my life wasted. Well, yeah, there is that. I have to forget. <laughs> But now's your chance to shine. Yeah. If I don't fall asleep, I apologize. <laughs> so, uh, so any... Joseph, come pick me. Poke me with a stick or something. It'd be a very long stick. It won't be the first time. Yeah, well. Nah. 
So is there anything, anything you've uh, watched then, um, say apart from Axon, that you thought uh, you'd like to share with us? Me? Yes. Oh. Um, other than the autopsy of Jane Doe, I haven't really seen anything new lately. Uh, but I have bought a lot of DVDs and Blu-rays of older movies. Mm. Um, one I think you guys have always should talk about is uh, Evil Ed. Not Evil Dead, Evil Ed. Okay. Uh, that one is just hard to find a uh, like a physical copy of for some reason. But I got lucky on eBay and found like a uh, Swedish DVD or something that thankfully had an English audio track on it. But I was kind of skeptical until I got it. Mm. I just love that movie. It's so over the top, ridiculous, gory, and just. I mean, is it sweet? The is dialogue, it? like, where is my fucking beaver rape scene? <laughs> Is it? But it's Swedish just, film, isn't it? Classic. Yeah, but it's Swedish. I isn't think it? so. Yeah, or Danish or something, isn't it? Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen it. But would it? Would you classify it as a slasher movie? Uh, yeah, because it's about a guy um, that edits like really gory horror movies, and there's lots of segments there where they're just like, <laughs> I think I think the series he's editing is called Loose Limbs. And he's like working on part seven while they have eight and nine already filmed. And it's just obviously making fun of like Friday the 13th and stuff. And eventually just goes crazy and starts killing people. So it's kind of a slasher. Um, I know it sounds like Evil Dead, but it's not like a demon movie or anything like that. Cool. Has anyone else seen that? No. No. I, remember... I saw it a long time ago, just once. Like I said, it's hard to. It's hard to track down for some yeah. reason. I don't know. Why, I remember enjoying. I remember enjoying it, but um, it's been so long. I'll have to revisit. Hasn't it got the kind of the cover? It's got someone's head split in half, isn't it? I seem to remember. If yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the best cover. They have a couple different ones, but mm. that's the uh, that's the the best one to find. Cool. Okay. Well, that's one we can always add to the ever growing list. Um, of uh, slash movies and horror movies we'll be covering. Um, we have, well, we'll, we've been having some internal discussions, if that's quite the right word, about uh, what we're going to be covering in the future, but we shall be sharing that with you. In fact, actually, I don't think we've actually chosen... Have we chosen a film for next time? Well, I think Nathan might have. Yeah, Nathan has. Okay, well, Nathan will tell tell us at the end of the show, but um, uh, thank you, David. Um, uh, Eric, how about you? What have you been watching? Okay, yeah, I saw one that I really, really liked. It's called The Rift... It's a 1989 um, film. It's a, it was one of those underwater cash-ins that, mm. that were made in the wake of the abyss. Mm. Uh, so things like Leviathan, Deep Star Six, Lords of the Deep. And uh, for my money, this was the best of the lot. Um, it's an underwater adventure film where a rescue mission is sent to the depths of the ocean to find out what happened to a missing submarine. And they come across all kinds of weird gribblies and thribblies and a, a DNA experiment gone wrong. Um, now... Why do I like this film so much? Well, it might interest you to know the director is Juan Piquet Simon, who made Pieces, of course, uh, which is why it's in my consciousness at the moment, because um, I don't know, are we allowed to say our, what the Pieces connection is, Justin? Uh, yeah, no, we're, we're speaking yeah, yeah, we're, we're, yeah. Yeah, we're recording a commentary for Pieces tomorrow, so I was just brushing up on some of the director's back catalogue. Um, so uh, I watched this one. I'd never seen it before. I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, the first half is quite slow. The second half is just blisteringly paced with you know tons of gore tons of monsters uh, lots of silliness uh, it has ray wise as the lead actor in it which is is weird um because he's become kind of a star since i mean he was in uh, twin peaks wasn't it and uh, mm. he was in the jeepers creepers movie and that type of thing um 
so it's really incredibly entertaining. If you could think, it was it, it, it reminded me a lot of things like Galaxy of Terror and um, Forbidden World. So if you can imagine that sort of set underwater and direct from the director of pieces, then I think you'll get a gist of, of what the film is like. Uh, I think I thought it was a lot of fun and easily the best of the Abyss cash-ins from that era. I'd, I'd seek it out if I were you. It's called The Rift. Okay, I've not, I've never seen it, but I remember seeing it in Fangoria back in the day, mm. and it looking. Really I was cheap. surprised about how I, the only reason, like I, I sourced it, was just to, to have something to talk about on the pieces, but I have commentary track. Mm. But I'm really glad I did because I, I thought like it's better than Slugs in my opinion, oh, really? which okay. was one Pierre Simon's other sort of big hit with the '80s. Mm. Um, not as good as Pieces, obviously, but then very little is, yeah. except maybe Axum. <laughs> Fair enough. Is anyone, el- <laughs> is anyone else seen the Rift? No. No. No, not nope. yet. I will soon, though. Cool. Okay. Well, thank you, Eric. Um, anything else? No, that's about it. Yeah, I saw the autopsy of Jane Doe as well on my. Uh, well, it's an illegal setup, but my finger slipped on the X button on my controller and it started playing. So it's not really my fault. Okay. Okay. Will you tell that to the cops? Um, yeah. Joseph, how about you? Uh, the only thing I've watched aside from. Uh, the autopsy of Jane Doe it was the uh, the inside number nine, the mm. the devil in Christmas. Yeah, I mean we talked about that. That, last you, were, that you were talking about that. Yeah. Um, I really did like that a lot. It it, did, it does remind you of a thriller episode, mm. uh, you know, right down to the the camera and film stock they use, which I believe is probably videotape. Um, it just it feels like a Brian Clemens kind of revival. Um, I'd like to see more from that show. Actually, I mean, are, are there are like other episodes is you know yeah there's two or... there's two series but they're all shot on sort of regular film yeah, that one's okay. just that's just that one in particular was has a 70s type feel but they they are really good yeah they're I mean, all, they're I, all separate episodes they're all separate um stories in each episode so okay well yeah i mean i really enjoyed that so i'll probably try to you know watch some more of those um but that's pretty much all i've seen I've just been so busy lately, haven't had a chance to watch anything. No. Fair, fair enough. But yeah, the guys who are behind the League of Gentlemen, obviously we talked about that. It's not the superhero thing, but the, the British um, show. But I mean, they're very much into kind of horror movies. And um, uh, I just watched um, their kind of uh, roundtable chat about uh, the abominable Dr. Fibes. Which is on yeah, the they're on the Dr. Fibes and they have a commentary track on it as well on, yeah. the, DVD, on the Blu-ray. Yeah. yeah, which is really good. So... Um, Excellent. Well, thank you, Joseph. I'm just going to just briefly just mention that the only thing that I've seen a, a new new part. Well, we watched um, for our for our sins, um, Gods of Egypt, which is not a horror movie. And I won't really talk about. I've it. seen that. Have you seen it? It's hilarious, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? It's hilarious. Yes. Um, it's got some of the worst CGI in it for a 140 million dollar movie. Um, it's kind of yeah. It's yeah. It, it's uh, no wonder it kind of bond. But um, the film I was going to mention was I watched The Forest with Natalie Dormer, for who was in, um, played Queen Marjorie, I think, in Game of Thrones. Uh, <sighs> also in the Tudors, what? She's the Queen of Margarine. Queen no, Mar- like, Marjorie was my favourite character, so I yeah. just, I loved her. But she's in, she's in The Forest, which is... Uh, is kind of was out this year. It, was, it did get a cinema release over here, um, uh, but it was out. I got it on Blu, Blu-ray through Love Film, uh, and it's basically a story of um, a woman who travels to Japan to find out what's happened to her missing twin sister, and her t- um, she finds out that her twin was seen walking into uh, a forest, which is kind of the suicide forest, which is kind of a real place in Japan where people go and kill themselves. 
uh, and um, they find loads of bodies in there all the time of people who've, who've topped themselves. So she goes in there, and but they say all the locals and people say that you shouldn't go in there because it's full of um, you know ghosts and bad spirits and things like that. So I, as probably predictably as you can imagine, she goes in there and starts seeing kind of weird shit and stuff, and uh, so. I kind of I was thinking back on um, to uh, you know when the first Ring movie came out Ringu the you know and the Jew and the Grudge and all those kind of the, but the original Japanese ones back in the late nineties I think wasn't it um, uh, sort of mid to late nineties and getting the Ring on videotape from from the states or, or from Japan someone sent me a copy of it so it was kind of again quite meta really that whole thing of actually watching the Ring on the videotape. Um, so I was kind of hoping that I hadn't seen many Japanese horror movies for a while. I went through a real phase of getting them from Hong Kong and, you know, getting the, all the sort of Asian releases, all the latest kind of ghost movies. Um, so th this was very much along the lines of the kind of the Ring. Uh, well, they're not the first Ring remake uh, because that was quite good, but those kind of the, the, you know the kind of Asian remakes like the Shutter one and things like that. That it was it it just got very very silly. Um, and um, it had a few good bits in it, but it kind of ends with a typical kind of like um, silly kind of ghost shock moment. Uh, but it was possible. It was fun. It was a fun ride while it was, but it was, you know. Has anyone else seen it? I, I did, yeah. yeah. Mm. What do you think? I thought it was kind of forgettable from what I remember. I remember, as you said, kind of enjoying it in the, at the moment, but um, I can't really recall much about it. It is, um, it's on Netflix as well. Okay. For people who are interested. Mm -hmm. What did someone else say they'd seen it? Yeah, I have, and I would. Uh, 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 I was talking about the forest, I believe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Do you want to carry on? I was just going to say I would much rather watch the forest from the '80s. Uh, sadly. Yeah. Oh, I agree. <laughs> yeah. Of course you do. Well, that is one for the eight, early '80s movie. we haven't seen yet, isn't it? That's the one with the uh, the ghost children. Isn't it? I seem to remember. Mm -hmm. But yes. um, um, but uh, David, we're also going to be um, because we uh, we did ask people for a top three. We thought it'd be a good idea to do a top three um, for our birthday episode. But because we are on slightly limited time today, we're going to save that for the next episode. But as you are our guest of honor, and you had actually put together a top three of what would what did you do? Sexiest kind of men or sexiest people in slash movies? What was your I think it was just a most attractive slasher cast or characters. Right. I okay. think that's what it was. Cool. Okay. Well, do you want to rattle through yours? Well, not rattle. Take your time, but um, to uh, say <laughs> say which is your kind of uh, top three most attractive slasher movie uh, victims or kind of people at least cast members. Uh, yeah. It's um. If you had asked me like 10 years ago, I would have went with Linnea Quigley, Kathleen Kinmont, like, you know, a lot of the old, uh, older screen, screen queens. But there's just like, I don't know, these uh, some newer young girls that have been in a lot of slasher movies lately that would just like really up their game, you know. Mm. Um, I will throw in an honorable mention. Sorry, I'm just reading it off here. Uh, to the actors that played Mark and the Ghoul from The Night Before Easter. <laughs> Who was that? Just, um, Nathan oh, Johnson and oh. Joseph Henson, I think. Oh, yeah. They're dream, they're dream boats, that. aren't they? Yeah, I'm so just going to throw an honorable mention there. <laughs> I'd almost it's one of, one of them's married until... to Jennifer Aniston. Yeah. I've seen, I've seen a picture of uh, Jennifer Aniston with Nathan Johnson's head on it. 
Stream <laughs> <laughs> two reference there. Yeah. Well, I'd almost forgotten uh, about that movie until you brought it up. Thanks well, you, a lot. You should see the. the uh, I've seen uh, some fan porn of um, it's t- terrible things that Joseph's doing to Nathan. Mm. <gasps> <laughs> well, why am I the one that's having it done to me? Well, well, I don't know. You have to ask the person. Why am I the perpetual victim? You'll have to ask. You have to ask Inga sixty nine. Who? Uh, that's the person who posted it. Inga sixty nine. Yeah. Mm, anyway, David. Be? David. Uh, sorry. Carry on. It's okay. Um, number three, I put Danielle Harris. Um, I didn't know if you wanted specific movies, so I'll put Cena Evil Halloween f- from Halloween Four. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I was gonna say you stole my joke. Come on. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I was gonna say I shouldn't say from Halloween Four, so I'll say from Halloween Five. Ooh, yeah, she's hot in that one. In fairness, <laughs> that year of difference really, really changed oh, a lot of. So my big number two <laughs> to get off the pedophilia. Hey, can um, we play the cash? Give him the cat. What, big oh, sweet Jesus, yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, hold on. Here we go. It's like a dream come true. I'm sorry. Uh, anyway, number two, Tiffany Shepis from Bloody Murder 2 and just about anything else that she's in. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You're, you're, um, are you still, have you still got your um, bloody murder obsession? Uh, yeah, I actually have not bought a, another copy of that for some time. How many have sadly. you got? How many you've got? Have you got ones from each, every country in the world? Uh, just about. I have like about ten different versions from ten different countries. I think mm. we did I, cover that, didn't we? The first one. Uh, no, that's going to be the next episode. <laughs> so <laughs> have we not covered so go ahead and. Go ahead and rewatch yeah. it tonight. And, we did, uh, and David's the one who picked it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the, the terror of uh, Trevor Morehouse. <laughs> but, um, yeah. So, okay, well, uh, yes, well, so did we say we have covered it? We've covered so many movies now, haven't we? It's kind of, I think we are going to end up picking something that we've already covered at some point. I'm pretty sure I bought that for 50p and then <coughs> uh, on eBay, and it only played until halfway through, so I had to go to Bidnam Abed and... To get the full copy of it, well, yeah. Eric, you're like a you're like a you got a parrot on your shoulder today, haven't you? <laughs> yeah. Um, did um yeah okay. Did what was the film that you were convinced we'd covered, Eric? And it was uh, Blood and Black Lace. That's right, which yeah. I'm still convinced we covered <laughs> in a parallel dimension. Um, yeah. But uh, David, your number one. What's your who's your big your big number one? My number one is Alexandra Daddario. Who? She is in some terrible movies like Texas Chainsaw 3D. Um, she was in Bereavement, the prequel to Malevolence. <clears throat> and uh, if you want to see a whole lot more of her, go see the uh, first season of True Detective. Oh, oh her. God. Yeah, yeah her. Yeah. If you want to see everything about her, go see that. <laughs> what, is it worth sitting through that garbage the second time? Uh, you can fast forward. <laughs> well, I actually didn't um, mind the first season of True Detective. It was really slow and it just kind of wrapped up too fast in the last two episodes, but I thought it was all right. To me, it, it just it got way too slow. I could not stick with mm-hmm. it. Like even the parts that are supposed to be like exciting, like I was just thinking, oh man, what time is it? How long has this been on? An eon? 
Mm-hmm. Um, I could see but that. About her, is she the main? Uh, is she like the heroine, quote unquote, in Texas Chainsaw 3D? Is yeah, the the twenty uh, year old that's supposed to be forty. Uh, yeah, her. Because She's also my... on episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. You'll recognize her from that. Which one was she in? Um, the rich girl that uh, Charlie like falls oh, in yeah. love with, yeah. and then eventually breaks up with her for the waitress. Shippers of goods and yeah, that one. <laughs> Uh, fun fact, which was probably just a fun fact for me only, but um, one of Wes's teachers when he was in college uh, that he still kind of talks to is her aunt. So I have Ooh. connections, like very tenuous ones. Did you get me her number? <laughs> okay. I'll be like, Wes, can you like Facebook your uh, friend that was the teacher and, and, and you know get the number for her uh, niece? <laughs> you can see if she'd be in Shoe, Shoe Rack Massacre 4. Yeah. See, I could have got her to be in one of my movies. Mm. Shoe rag massacre. It's guaranteed to be just as good as Texas Chainsaw 3D. Which, um, um, can't be in, worse. In all fairness, I don't, I don't hate that movie anymore because I rewatched it not long ago and I actually enjoyed it a lot more. But I watched it in the mindset of this is trash, so watch it as trash. And when I did that, I was like. This is actually kind of fun. My only problem, I thought, was that the carnival scene, I thought they should have done more with that. Because Leatherface at a carnival with a chainsaw, that's that was, that was awesome. And, you know, it, it just kind of, you know, was a letdown, the carnival part. I thought he would be like at the Ferris wheel, like when people like come down on the Ferris wheel and he starts hacking their heads off. Mm. Did you watch it in 3D? That'd be fun. Yes. You did. Was it good in 3D? Was it worth watching in um, 3D? There was a few scenes where, you know, the chainsaw came out of the screen, but for the most part, I didn't think the 3D was worth it. Okay. Just because the few moments that were in good 3D, um, they were just too few and far in between. Fair enough. But, but uh, thank you, David, for your top three. And it's always... It was if good I to... could, I would yeah. like to change my number one. Oh, okay. If I could change that to uh, my fiance Angela Rudig. I think as the hit. most beautiful woman in the world, and <laughs> not be there. She's sitting right next to me. She said, oh, we could, but has she been in a movie though? Because this was movie specific. So, um, not ones that I could show. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh movies. Okay. <laughs> but on VHS tapes shoved under the mattress. She's been in those. Welcome to the glamorous world of the hysteria continues. So, uh, yes. if I disappear, and... um, you'll know why. <laughs> okay. Yes. And welcome, Angela. We could hear you. I thought we could hear you in the background. So, welcome to you too. So, thank you for both being on the show. And if you do want to pipe up, Angela, about anything, and especially you can maybe help explain um, David's obsession with this, the movie we we're just about to cover. Um, and I think we probably should go straight into it. And we do have, I believe, is this a real trailer? No, a trailer. Someone, someone made a uh, a trailer on YouTube. It's actually rather humorous. There's a trailer. Well, let's find out. Here we go. This is the trailer, or the inverted commas, the trailer for Axum.
David, uh, do you want to regale us with maybe a little synopsis of this uh, this uh, masterclass? There's a synopsis as well as a trailer. Well, I don't wow. know. We normally we normally <laughs> have. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Is that an official trailer? I thought that was something Joseph put together because it sounded more like they were making fun of it than no. I, I found to advertise that. On, it. I found that on YouTube actually. Okay. 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 Well, David, I do mean, you want to I'll read off the uh, back of the VHS, but you know. That, that would be I, I don't think whoever wrote this had anything to do with the movie. <laughs> <laughs> or they clearly didn't see it. But, uh, should I go ahead? Yeah, please do. Yeah. Okay. It was supposed to be an exciting weekend getaway, and it was, until the terror began. Michael and his friends embark on a weekend retreat to his grandfather's cabin in the woods. Unbeknownst to them, Harry, a childhood friend, has returned to avenge the death of his family killed 13 years ago. One by one, they fall victim to Harry's revenge. Stranded in the woods, Michael and the gang must put an end to Harry's bloody reign of terror before he puts an end to them. With a few hysterical happenings along the way, to say the least, Axum is a heart-pounding suspense thriller that will keep you screaming for more. So they, really? ha- they, they clearly hadn't <laughs> yeah. seen it uh, when they yeah. wrote that book. <laughs> so why, why, David, tell us why. Why? Yeah. Why? Why? <laughs> uh, because I love you so much. <laughs> well, that's no excuse. But um, is oh, this, is what? Tell us how your how you got to know this movie. Is it something you know? Is it something you saw back in the day, or is it something that you've kind of? Because it has a bit of a cult, doesn't it? Uh, I won't even say that. Hmm. <laughs> well, not really a cult, but like you're, inf- you're being too generous. Uh, an infamy. Yeah. An infamy. Yeah. yeah. Um, around the time when video stores stopped selling, uh, VHSs, I went to them and were, I was just picking them up like 30 for like a dollar 50 cents each. And this is just one random one that I picked up because I thought it was weird that, um, it comes in a yellow VHS cassette, which I found out later. And with other movies I found with similar colors that that's usually a bad sign. <laughs> Uh, also, when the label is so cheap, it just looks like somebody made it and threw it on there. It says Axum YP479. So apparently that's the official 
name of the movie. Or maybe there's just 478 other ones. I'm not sure. <laughs> um, so I randomly watched it, and I haven't seen it on DVD yet. I just have this VHS tape. And for some reason, the VHS, when you watch it on your TV, it only takes up like a small square in the center of your TV. <laughs> so it's even worse because you just can't even see the movie. I mean, you know, the quality's bad, but then the image itself is so small. Is that not a blessing? Like it's, well, yeah, but it's just <laughs> that it makes it even more challenging. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, it's just. I'm like Nathan. I can appreciate just about anything, or at least, you know, if it's so bad, you can enjoy it. But this is one that's just so bad. I, like, had to make other people watch it. So I've like made my other friends watch stuff like this and other terrible things. So, of course, I eventually was going to make you guys have to watch it, too. Maybe because you talked bad about Bloody Murder. I'm not going to say. <laughs> oh, it's going to You made your friends watch Axum. Are they still your friends? Uh, kind of, sort of. I don't see them too much anymore, okay. but uh, <laughs> they probably enjoyed it more than when I made them watch all three Human Centipede movies. Mm. Was that a kind yeah. of? That sounds like a fun evening. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think I think with David, we're going to come back to you for more. But I think, given that Nathan is has a uh, how can I put it a reputation. Um, yeah. um, it'd be interesting to hear what Nathan's take is on an axiom. Is this your first time at the rodeo with this one? No, I rented it from a movie gallery back when it first came out. Because you paid I money thought, for it? <laughs> yes, I paid like three ninety nine to rent it for uh, it was like two nights, I think. That's the same money as um, the budget, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's about <laughs> the equivalent. Yeah. Um, the, I knew that I was in for something terrible when the opening title scroll came up, and you guys know what I mean with the, all the spelling and grammar mistakes, mm. like yeah. the, especially yeah. the ending. How do you even get that wrong? Obviously, they're supposed to say, "Then this mean man killed himself," which just yeah, he wants to kind of funny revenge. Anyway, but he wants yeah. to revenge his family death. <laughs> he will revenge <laughs> his family death, and th but then it says. Then is mean man killed himself, and I'm just like, why did you have anybody proofread this thing? Like, why? I don't yeah, it's like the back of the VHS, they tried to coherently like rewrite that. <laughs> like somebody who knew English rewrote it for the right. case. <laughs> I also love Townsman, <laughs> but um, <laughs> um, but anyway, no. And then of course the movie gets started, and it's like you're watching like a, a hip hop like you know dance thing where people are like in a circle and there's these people dancing and then then there's like a, a group of people telling yo mama jokes and i was just thinking okay this is an odd way to open the film because when i was when i usually watch a movie a lot of people at the beginning like they try to hook you in so like the opening scene is usually something that makes you want to keep watching so i don't know why the michael mfume decided to do the opposite you know, like, and not have a hook at the beginning. I mean, at least throw in, like, some kind of murder or something. I mean, not that it would have mattered, you know, because... To be fair, after that, I did feel like I was served. Well, there you go. Yeah. That was the, so joke. Maybe they the were just, joke of all. They were just um, trying to do a you-got-served kind of thing. <laughs> but you guys, I mean, we've kind of said it, you know, a little bit already, but, I mean... It, 
it's it's just a bunch of people like r- r- rambling like incoherently because so many people are talking at once in a lot of scenes that you don't th- there's no sense of anybody as a character it's just this big group of people and there's absolutely no sense of character and a uh, funny story back when i was 15 and this is when i was making my like old federal massacre type movies the shoe rack movies <laughs> yeah. um i thought to myself trilogy. <laughs> I thought to myself, much better by the way thank you um I, I thought to myself even back then when i was you know i was only like 14 or 15 but i thought hey i could make a feature length movie when my family get together for one of their get togethers i'll just film them talking and then film random murders throughout and have a 90 minute movie but then later i was sitting at my family uh, get together and i'm like who'd want to hear all these conversations It'd be so boring. And then, but, but unfortunately, Michael Mafume didn't think the same way. <laughs> you know, uh, he, you know, thought it was okay to, to throw all these people together and have them have these conversations that go nowhere and don't expand the plot whatsoever. Um, um, but anyway, like, uh, I'll tell you something I did like was the scene where the guy wiggles his glasses in fright. <laughs> I thought that was funny because it was. I uh, often do that as someone <laughs> who wears glasses. I'm actually doing it right now. <laughs> and then the one other scene that really got me is when they all run outside and the killer is uh, out there and then they run back in screaming and one guy just runs right up to the camera and just starts screaming right in the camera lens. <laughs> I'm like, I just felt like these people, I mean, he got a bit I too excited. Too. Like they were probably, yeah. I feel like it's one of the few fun. hysterical happenings that the uh, VHS talks about. Yeah. I feel like, you know, they were all having fun making this movie, but it just didn't translate for the audience. Mm. Um, I I don't know that I necessarily hate it, I guess, maybe as much as some other guys on this podcast might, because, you know, I can always try to find at least something enjoyable to watch. But I will admit that this one was a little bit more difficult to find moments that I really liked, mainly because... At least in a movie, you know, like like take you know Terror at Ten Killer, which I get a lot of flack for. At least I know what's going on in that movie. I mean, in something like this one, I just you know I don't really know what exactly is happening or why. And I watched it more Neither than did once. They. <laughs> yeah, it was just run around screaming, and we'll throw a few kills in at the the same time. But I mean, it, it's it's the worst slasher movie I've ever seen. Um, I, I don't like hate hate it. You know, I, I don't want to say I just outright hate it, but it's it's just not a good movie, if if I'm being honest. So that's my two cents. Right. Well, thank you, Nathan. Well, I think it's even it's it's a testament to your um you know to to your nature that uh, you can say it's the worst slasher movie you've ever seen, but you didn't hate it. So so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Eric, how about you? Okay. Well, I did hate the film hmm. quite a lot. I just found it as, as fil- yeah, well, I, I mean, yeah, I, I can't even describe it as a film. Uh, I just found it a really frustrating experience trying to watch it, be- you know, on many levels. And one of them being the audio levels that we've been talking about, where you just can't hear the dialogue. If there's one person speaking on screen, it's like they're, they sound like they're about 40 miles away from the microphone and it's muffled and you can't hear it. Then when there's people are close enough to a microphone to be picked up, there's about seven or eight people all talking at once, so you can't make out what's being said. As Nathan said, there's no sense of who the characters are. There's one guy with glasses who looks kind of like Spike Lee that 
um, sort of is there throughout the film. I have no idea what this character's name is or anything. Um, and so it it's just a frustrating experience because there's just nothing to hook you as such. I mean, uh, even, as Nathan was saying, Terror Tenkiller, at least it feels like a film. It has dialogue and a, a plot as such, whereas this one feels like um, I, that this guy and his friends went up to the cabin for a party and they just videoed it. And this is sort of the raw outtakes and um, that they've just cobbled together. Um, you know, it just feel it feels very much like a home movie. Is that a cat? That would be our stupid uh, clock in the living room that I hate. <laughs> <laughs> I would like the cats have the same exact meow over yeah. and over again. Yeah, yeah I, I didn't. <laughs> oh, oh, sorry, I forgot Eric. to turn that off. It's okay. It's <laughs> strange, um, strangely uh, fitting. Um, but I did want to say, Eric, that yeah. um, I, I love the fact that you admitted, but you kind of had to struggle to admit that Terra Tinkiller had a plot. <laughs> yes, I know. I had to admit it. I'll tell you, when I was watching Axum, I was thinking, God, all those times I've slagged off Nathan for the movies like Terra Tenkiller and Blood Lake and uh, Hollywood's New Blood. I know that wasn't your pick, but um, but they're, they're, they were so much easier to watch than this. This was just uh, so difficult to watch, um, mainly because the audio problems. You, see, you could, just couldn't get into the film at all. And it, it does, I, I stand by my statement that it feels like we found somebody's uh, video of a party they were at and it's just sort of they switched the video on took some footage of people around the table laughing switched it off then went off and you know did another shot and it just cobbled together that way i mean there's a there's a point in it where you can actually hear the director shouting cut and i think there's another point where you hear him say okay the camera's ready um just before some actors enter the scene and it's this kind of shoddiness i mean i suppose that's kind of endearing in a way but I don't know. I just find the film just incredibly dull to watch. Incredibly, it reminded me a bit of a, a Jan Terry video, if technically. But I love Jan Terry, uh, <laughs> I, I think her videos are um, fun, and I think her songs are wicked. But um, this, oh, I don't know. And I, I'm like the the one thing that is audible throughout the film is the hip hop score. But I don't like hip hop music, so that wasn't going to you know draw me in at all. Uh, I'd be very surprised if the film took more than one night to film. It looks like it was all filmed in one night. Um, it has that just rushed, cobbled together, and you know, not too fucks given about how you know, you know, any kind of technical competency or anything. Um, yeah, I just I was gobsmacked. I mean, I I I'd heard about this Axum thing for so long, but I I was expecting it to be a sort of a terror, a ten killer, or a blood lake. I wasn't expecting it to be just sort of this very random, poorly technical you know this poor audio technical crappy fest thing that it turned out to be it i mean as i said it feels like just random scenes stuck together for 70 minutes with no you know care given to make it into a into a what you recognize as a film i mean even doris doris wishman did better with her sort of 20 minutes of footage she had to make into a night to dismember this is just so incoherent and unwatchable and i hated every second of it i'm sorry um don't be yeah, sorry I hate it. Though, actually, there's one scene I did like. Um, they About an hour into the film, they all find a car in the woods and they all stand there jumping up and down, jumping, like out, jumping a lot and screaming. Um, and it was just so stupid that it made me kind of chuckle. But it only lasts for about 60 seconds. Um, 
and the high-waisted jeans, you know, from the 1991, 92 high-waisted jeans were kind of funny as well. But no, no, I never want to see Axum again. If we're ever covering anything close to Axum ever again, then I will be on holiday that week. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Eric. Another another um, uh, treasure trove for the uh, the back of the video blurb there for um, yeah. for the the Blu-ray. Uh, deluxe edition uh which is upcoming i'm sure um joseph how about you what's your relationship to axum well i had like nathan rented this uh, unwillingly well un unwillingly unwittingly knowing wittingly, yeah. well, wittingly but not knowing what i was in for um you know back before video stores went kaput and uh boy this is the most technically incompetent i don't even want to call it a movie it's just like like Eric said, it's just footage, and it, it's kind of amusing in a way because you can tell Michael Mafume or however you pronounce his last name. Uh, you can muffle tell, me. Yeah, muffle me. Yeah, there you go. Muffle me. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. You can tell he had access to some film stock, but he probably ran out because it switches to VHS like often. Um, so I kind of yeah. got a ch- I kind of got a chuckle out of that, but man. Um, I was reading some background on this, and apparently, you know, he's he's a big Spike Lee fan. So, um, you know, if Spike Lee, you know, may do the right thing, this is probably do the wrong thing. Uh, just, boom ching. Yeah, it's just so so awful. There's no, I mean, there's barely. I mean, I wouldn't even say there's any redeeming qualities outside of some unintentionally kind of humorous moments, like the the old man at the beginning who's kind of wandering around the house, just kind of rambling incoherently. And then the killer, I like that the killer like walks right past him in the hall and kind of a nod to the exorcist three, the hallway scene, which is scary. Mm. But what I mean is the killer's like actually right behind him. But when the man's in the bedroom, it takes the killer like another 30 seconds to get in the bedroom to kill him. And, And the whole time he's like, God damn it, these kids, I'm going to go through there and I'm going to find them, God damn it. And then the killer raises the machete and he's like, oh, shit. Shit. The way way he does that, yeah. (laughs) And uh, I don't know, little moments like the the dude, um, you know, wiggling his glasses. I I thought it was so stupid that it was just kind of funny. But man, there's really nothing to recommend this this travesty. It really is... Uh, you know, without hyperbole, the worst slasher movie I've ever seen. And sometimes I like to go on, like, uh, you know, message boards for, you know, fairly decent films. And people are like, this is the worst movie I've ever seen. And I'm like, have you ever seen Axum? <laughs> uh, I mean, that's pretty much all I can say about it. It's just, it's just, it, it really is the worst slasher movie uh, of all time. It, uh, it's easily the worst thing we've ever covered on the show, ever. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the only way is up, isn't it? I think that's kind of fair to yes. fair, fair to say. See, I've done point. you a favor because it's all uphill from here. Exactly. Well, well yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, well, thank you, Joseph. I just kind of weigh in. I mean, I kind of pretty much agree. I mean, I can't say uh, there were bits of it I found quite amusing. Um, I, I, you know, I, I zoned out. I, we talked about this before with some like. You know, the, the the biggest crime a slasher movie or any movie can have is not to be bad, it's to be boring. Um, and I think given that, you know, you would have to have, like, bat ears to actually be able to understand most of the dialogue. And amazingly, when I looked into, you know, the, the huge crew on this film, massive amount of people working on it, there, was a, there were three people in the sound department, if you can believe such a thing. Um, <laughs> so... Yeah, Helen I, Keller was one of them, I think. Helen Keller, who's, who's a famous deaf person? But anyway, um, Beethoven. 
Beethoven, yeah. <laughs> Marley uh, Matlin. <laughs> so it was, yeah. I it was, really like <laughs> It was, I mean, so incompetent. It's not politically correct, Joseph. <laughs> well, that's how she talks. Yeah, I know, but yeah, move on. She's, yeah. she's, made fun of, she's made fun of herself on Family Guy, so it's okay. Yeah, so that makes it all right. Okay. okay. Right. Well, anyway, it was, um, yeah, it was, it was a chore to to get through. I, I kind of when I mean, uh, even the very worst slasher movies, when it starts people slashing and the killer turns up, there's usually some redeeming features, and there is. If I'm being ultra generous, there's kind of a few scenes which made me laugh, like the the guy running up to the camera, mugging in front of the camera, everyone running screaming through the house, and just people, you know, they. Uh, I also like the fact that obviously the director did, good, you know, did a homage to Mario Bava and, and Dario Argento at the in the corridor scene at the ends um, with the the two uh, coloured gel lights, yeah. which I think added a nice bit of class to the production. Yeah, um, it was really classy. Yeah, yeah, but it I, again, redeemed the film in many ways. <laughs> I thought, yeah. But it was just kind of the other thing. I, I like the uh, the girl in the or the woman in the car who gets left behind in the car and decides to walk through the woods alone, and she can't go for more than two steps without tripping over. She's got to be the clumsiest person, you know, in in the world because she just doesn't. She can, you know, I know it's a cliche of people falling over in the woods and stuff, um, but uh, she just can't literally go more than one step without tripping over something. Um, I could, some of the gore effects weren't too bad, considering, you know, there was a machete to the head and to the arm and those kind of, you know, at least, you know, I'm being gen- trying to look. I'm basically, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm digging for shit truffles in a big pile of shit here. But it, the, the, the bits I'm trying to sort of say, trying to say some nice things about it. Or, oh, you're like Shakespeare. I know. Thank you. Yeah. Um, is that uh, there, you know, there, there were a few bits that just kind of made me chuckle. Um um, uh, so, the, so the gore effects weren't too bad. The killer, I think, the killer could have been, you know, could have worked better. It kind of reminded me a little bit of House of Death, you know, him with the machete, because obviously there's only one axe murder in the film, um, even though it's called Axum, although it wasn't actually called that originally, was it? Um, but uh, and also bizarre. It's actually a hatchet, not an axe. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, it was that as well. So it's yeah. So yeah. it should be called a hatchetum. Hatchetum, yes. Um, but the but thing Axum the other, sounds better, I guess. Yeah, yeah. But I, what I didn't understand was that I mean I know there's obviously no real rhyme or reason or thought behind this at all. But why why was he getting revenge on this this house full of teenagers? What was what was the idea behind it? Because I know he, he was came back after thirteen years for his revenge. What did they have yeah, to do with so, his family being yeah, killed? Yeah, nothing. Yeah. Um, and why did he bleed yellow blood? That was the other thing I didn't really understand. Alien? Well, he's alien or zombie, I kind of guess. Um, also, thought he was or kind phantasm. of phantasm. Yeah, yeah. Well, exactly. But he's. Um, I think there was kind of a. It was a mix. You could see where he'd taken bits from, like Joseph said about the Exorcist Three. But obviously, that also. I think the kind of setup was kind of from Madman, really, wasn't it? He had a look a bit of a Madman, um, uh, kind of a look about him, the, the killer. Uh, so, but overall, I mean, it is a it is a travesty. It is probably the worst slash movie I've ever seen. Um, at sixty five minutes, it feels like sixty five hours, uh, and mm-hmm. it was kind of it was just incredibly difficult to watch. I kind of my I, you know I was just like because you couldn't hear as, as Eric said, if you could at least hear the dialogue most of the time, you could connect with it to some degree. But because you couldn't actually really identify what people were saying, it was like the most incompetent wedding video ever. Isn't it really? Mm, yeah. Um, um, and so, uh, it, it is. It is mind-boggling that one, it was made. Two, it got a cinema release, um, which we'll come on to in a, in a little bit, or very limited. And then was rescued from obscurity, and somebody decided to put it out 
on on video um, and then uh, DVD. It's kind of it is mind boggling, um, but it, it it is out there. And I think you have to have the worst. Um, and they, as they say. You, you you can only you know things can only improve or you can it's like with addicts isn't it or if you're an alcoholic or a drug addict you've got to hit rock bottom and i think we have hit rock bottom now and so things can only improve so that's my tuppence so david are you proud I of yourself i also think that echoes back is it well, i don't hear it but one thing i was going to one thing i was going to mention on the uh, the opening scroll when it says on a cold winter night in 1990 and then later it says legend has it he will return in 13 years this movie was set, set in 1992. Is it supposed to be set in, in 2003? Because obviously these people are wearing like hammer pants and they have like high top afros and it's just like totally not 2003 attire. Maybe they thought that would never go out of style. Maybe, yeah. Well, there, there, is, there, there is a kind of school of thought. Well, I say school of thought. I mean, I think that somebody said, it, could it be that this is in fact an incredibly clever film that was put together by somebody who was it was some kind of like um kind of thesis film where it's lo- looking at deconstructing the slasher movie um uh, and doing a kind of a kind of parody yes yes it is no <laughs> no. <laughs> no well i don't really That's think that but someone giving said it way that, too much credit no well i'm not i don't i don't believe that but somebody was saying it could be that this was actually a genius film that was done and everyone in it had gone to rada and um was um you know stroking their chins all the way through and were all kind of um uh, you know taking it incredibly seriously and um they were you know sitting around and having kind of uh, you know they were saying let's gonna we need to we need to dub this for this because bits of it were like you said someone that shot and film but looked at there's another theory i saw someone said that they thought what had happened was that the guy who made it was too cheap to actually get the the, the he got a video master and then kept on dubbing um kept on cutting the video master over and over and over again which was the reason that some of this some of the the shots were clearly like watching a a 20th generation vhs tape that had been dubbed 20 times and other bits looked relative almost almost semi-professional um so yeah it's kind of a, it's it's a it's a it's a kind of a a bit of a what's an, an enigma I'll give it that but um it's still a bit of a shit sandwich. Mm. Very much. Yeah. So <laughs> would you guys say you say it's the worst slasher movie but would you say it's the worst movie ever made? Hell yeah. Yeah. I think I'd, so, say, I mean, I'd say probably in the top 5 at least. Mm. Well I know people th- try to say like Night of Horror is worse but Whereas Night of Horror is really boring, I would rather stand in the woods alone with nothing going on, bored out of my mind, than being standing in the woods while somebody's pissing on my leg continuously for like 71 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) That's basically the equivalent of Axum. Yeah, there is stuff that happens, but it's so awful and just like tedious to get through that it's like I would much rather just watch paint dry than the paint being like poured in my ear or something. I do believe there you probably know. are worse movies out there. I hate to say it, but I think what? Well, no, I think there probably are. I mean, there's, there's an awful lot of shot and video stuff and things that still people are still making backdrop movies now, and I'm sure there's probably something worse. Um, I know. I will Hayden, find them. <laughs> I know Hayden and Filler who are doing um, doing a kind of have been made their mission. Who are do, writing the book, which name escapes me, but um, I was all looking up. But it's uh, they're doing uh, they're basically doing a compendium of as many slash movies, all slash movies basically, and they've hunted down ones that have never been released. 
Um, and, you know, sometimes they post little clips from the films they're watching and some of them look worse than Axum. So, so I'm just putting that out there. This, all those is bottom of the barrel that maybe there is stuff under the barrel that um, hopefully we'll never get to. Well, you know, in this day and, uh, and you know, in this time frame uh, that we're living in now, like anybody with a camera can like put something together and then call it a movie. Hmm. So, I mean, definitely the people can do something, you know, much worse than Axum. I'm guessing like from the time frame when it wasn't that easy to make a movie, I consider it the worst one made. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's certainly no um, Gone with the Wind, is it? <laughs> no. You don't think it's an epic? It's not it's like the epic horror film. Frankly, I don't think Eric gives a damn about <laughs> no, this movie. I think, uh, <laughs> I, frankly, my does this mean though? Does this mean that I'm not going to get flack ever again for my? Oh choices? no! Oh no! Oh, we no. haven't learned anything from this experience. We're going to go back oh, okay. to blaming you. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think what we can do is we can always say that whatever you pick, <sighs> there we, we can always say at least it's not as bad as Axum. I think that's yeah. Kind of, okay, yeah. so I, I, I'll take that. <laughs> well, I think I've said the kindest thing about this movie compared to everyone else. Completely, yeah. Yeah, yeah so ironically. <laughs> but anyway, so um, well, they, I know there are some interesting backstories to this film, isn't there? So um, do we want to... Um, uh, David, do you have any backstories? All right. Uh, Axum was originally called The Weekend It Lives. Which, I mean, Axum is a terrible title, but at least you kind of get the gist of what it's going to be. The weekend it lives, I don't... Like, what? what is it? The the guy walking around with egg yolk on his face, I don't... In a flannel shirt, I don't, I don't know. Um, it was originally... It was originally, as mentioned before, made in 1992. And then it was picked up in 2002-2003 by uh, York Entertainment which that was during the time in the early 2000s post-Scream and all that, where they were just picking up anything they could find horror-wise to release it into stores. So I honestly think somebody found this like on a shelf somewhere under dust and just didn't even bother watching it and just retitled it so they could get it out there because there's just no other possible reason I can think of. Um, it was directed by Michael Mifume. As mentioned before, which even in the credits, the opening credits, it it's kind of enunciated on there, like how to pronounce it, which is kind of sad. Um, he's the son of Kwaze or Kwaze Mifume, who is actually uh, the former president and CEO of the NAACP, which I thought was quite strange. And um, his father must be proud that his son set their people back you know, a hundred years with this freaking movie. <laughs> that's, that's not all you should be proud of. Yeah. Um, before being picked up by York entertainment, it was made by two smooth film productions, <laughs> which I don't know if they've gone on to make anything else. God, I hope not. Um, Lord of the Rings. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it was released uh, January 29th of 1992 in Baltimore, Maryland, which means I can never go there again. Um, and it apparently it was actually shown theatrically in Maryland for a little while. Dear That's dear. what it claims on IMDb. So, God, well, there are people, well, there is people on the IMDb message board who claim they saw it in the cinema. So, mm -hmm. And IMDb also estimates that the budget was $650. <laughs> <laughs> which uh, is probably too high. 
Yeah. And it says it grossed worldwide 184 pounds. I'm assuming that's what that is. <laughs> mm. um, and I don't see it get mentioned anywhere else, but the VHS and DVD artwork was later ripped off by a Canadian thriller movie called The Dark Hours in about 2005. It's literally the same exact acts, but they just had a different picture in the background, which that movie is miles better than this. But I'm just like, how desperate were they that they had to rip off the cover of this movie? <laughs> and which um, The Dark Hours has an alternate art, which is actually the same exact art from the movie Slaughterhouse Massacre. So, yeah, they just weren't even trying, apparently. But, um, and I think that's about all I have. Excellent. Well, thank you, David. That's, uh, that's uh, a lot of background. But, Nathan, how about you? What's uh, you going to regale us with your intricate knowledge of the, the back end of Axum? <laughs> no. No, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Joseph. I love it. <laughs> Joseph, how about you? I know you've got some juicy bits. Yeah, well, apparently, um, uh, apparently Michael Mifume, um, in uh, in 1994, uh, was charged uh, with rape in uh, the state of Georgia. Uh, apparently, um, I'm reading through some of these uh, old newspaper articles. It says the 24-year-old son of Representative uh, Kwesi Mifume has been charged with the rape of an acquaintance at her suburban Atlanta apartment after an early morning breakfast at a nearby restaurant. Uh, police confirmed yesterday. This is uh, July 21st, 1994. He was released on a $35,000 bond. Um, uh, his lawyers, uh, he and his lawyers uh, said, Michael, like anyone else, is innocent until proven guilty. Uh, I don't know. I'm assuming he was released and he was found innocent. So uh, whether or not he actually did that, I don't know. But uh, I did find that about him. You know, as David said, his dad was the NAACP president, which is kind of strange. Um, that's I mean, David pretty much covered everything I had other than the the, the rape allegations. Um, and I didn't know about that, but I do know about the raping of everybody that had to watch Axum. Yeah. And he should still be charged for that. But also, uh, Michael Mifume apparently is a uh, video editor in um, Atlanta, Georgia now. Um, apparently, he's had several meetings with uh, Spike Lee, who apparently is one of his heroes. I wonder if Spike Lee's actually seen this movie. I Something tells me he has not. Um, otherwise, he probably wouldn't be hanging out with him. But uh, that's pretty much all the background I have on the film. Okay, well, thank you, Joseph. What about you, Eric? Have you got anything else? Well, the only thing I have to add to that is that uh, the actor, in inverted commas, Joe Clare, <laughs> uh, Joe Clare plays a character called, I think he plays Tony in the film. Now, I'm looking at Joe Clare's official website here, and I think, judging from what he looks like now, I think he's the one who does the funny thing with the glasses. The one with the glasses, basically, is he is. But he's gone on to be a um, quite successful DJ in the Washington, D.C. area, and uh, a com stand-up comedian as well. And he actually has a degree in psychology, which makes you wonder why he didn't have the intelligence to say no to his friend when he was asked to be an Axum. I don't know. Um, so, yeah, he has gone on to um, great things <laughs> compared to uh, everyone else he co-starred with in Axum. Um, 
but yeah, that's all I have as well. Um, I'm still uh, I'm still absolutely astonished that it got to be. It not only did it play theatrically, you know, whatever limited release it got back in the day, but that, the fact it was reissued on DVD it just proved how saturated the market was back in 2002. Eric, did you want to mention the? Um, I know you and I had talked about it offline. Uh, the 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 wiki article we found on it. But the plot? Yes, yeah. There's a Wikipedia. I could because I couldn't hear any of the dialogue. I was finding it difficult to follow the quote plot. I went to the Wikipedia page to see if there was a synopsis. Not thinking there would be one, but there was. But it's it's um it describes an almost completely different film. Uh, it is for Axum, but um it's definitely for Axum because it has the cast list and it has the director Michael McFume and that and it has the critical reception. But it's it it describes incidents that don't happen in the film. Um, somebody getting their head crushed between two rocks. Um, let's see. It's talking it about yeah. Basically, it basically sounds like uh, the movie's about a guy and a girl, and he wants to he wants to have sex with her, but she wants you know it to be safe sex, and him to wear a condom, and he goes crazy because yeah. he doesn't want to wear a condom yeah. or something. It's yeah. like a completely different movie they're talking about. I know, yeah. And it has all these inst- it has all these murders that aren't in the in the film. Um, somebody maybe, getting, their eye- somebody getting their eyes gouged out as well, or maybe that stuff is in the movie. It's just the technical problems keep us from seeing or hearing it. <laughs> maybe it is, but it says there's a post credit scene as well. Um, but that isn't and there's, it, but, yeah, no. obviously there's not. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's weird. Uh, we were wondering because it, it, like the the Wikipedia article makes it sound quite exciting, which as we know the film is not. Uh, so we're wondering if maybe Michael Mafume has gone in and edited the Wikipedia page to make it sound more thrilling, to you know, trick people into buying it. Mm. Well, possibly. I mean, that's yeah. It's one of the enigmas, isn't it, of this this movie? Um, mm. Yeah. So any, anything else, Eric? No, that's it. Do you have anything? Um, I've got a couple of uh, uh, things. The, the um, I saw that um, the director, well, he's listed as being um, as just this film and another film that he made, or he was second unit director on a film called Death of a Nation, um, which uh, which was kind of the synopsis of that is uh, is um, John, an abused and tormented teenager who's seeking guidance, accepting in his own isolated world as intolerant to his newly discovered self discovered homosexuality. So um, it sounds very different to Axum, doesn't it? But yes, um, so I must seek it out. <laughs> yeah, quite. I want so to. The... I want to watch everything in this director's oeuvre. <laughs> but it's from 2010, so it's kind of relatively recent. Uh, there was a. There were the, the, on Wikipedia as well. There were some um, the critical receptions um, of this movie, and as you can imagine, most of them weren't particularly uh, kind of positive. I, it said that something awful. Uh, gave the um, gave it the rating of minus forty eight. Yes, um, <laughs> and I like the um, I mockery criticised the film heavily in one of their movie spotlights, remarking at the end of the credits the word peace is shown. Never have I seen a stronger case for war. Uh, well, I like I mentioned to Eric in our little off thing. It said Michael Mafume in the in the special thanks section. The first person he thanks is God. If ever there were a case that there is no God, that, that's proof right there. Uh, yeah. He also dedicated the movie to his mom or his grandma, I think, in the end credits too. Which just seems like a really mean thing to do. <laughs> he must really hate her. I just kind of he think hates you... his parents apparently. Yeah, but can you imagine if you'd if you'd made this movie, um, you were in this movie just for argument's sake, and um, you'd been gathered together because I think some of the acting, I mean, it was pretty awful, but there were people they were genuinely trying to act, weren't they? Some of the people in the in the house, yeah, um, and uh, they wouldn't have known that the sound quality was so atrocious, so they would have thought they were actually making a movie. 
Uh, and so I just would have would have loved to have been a fly on the wall, obviously not to sit through the whole bloody thing again, but just to just to sort of see the faces of the people who were in the movie um, when it did get its premiere in Baltimore. That would have been uh, quite entertaining. Well, the editor of the film um, posted a message on the IMDb uh, disowning the film, obviously, hmm. and he's gone on to have with uh, Discovery Channel and History Channel of Films. So he had did make a career out of this. Mm. But uh, it's quite funny. He says uh, it was made, but it was edited by sticking two v- VHS players together mm. and editing it that way. Which kind of makes sense, isn't it? That's why I think that some of the the, the film stock or the video stock so different, isn't it? Because if they that literally the how they were doing it, it would have just degraded over and over again if they kept on, um, you, you know, having different cuts of the movie. Uh, I felt degraded watching it. <laughs> we all did, yes. Um, um, Joseph, do you want to talk? Um, what have our dear dear listeners been talking saying about this movie? Have they been um, have they been kind of singing from the rooftops about it? Yeah, there's a couple here. Uh, Donna Nelly says, "I dare you guys to watch the Christmas season massacre. Th- that is worse than this one." And I is that, is that one of Nathan's ones. No, there's there's no way that it's worse than Nathan. I've seen that movie, and I actually he and I kind of disagreed on Facebook about it. Because Christmas Season Massacre, it's not good, but I mean, it's you could tell what's going on. I mean, nobody talks at once. It's just individual people saying their lines, and they get killed off one by one. And it's really over the top, stupid, and you know, I mean, it's it's probably not anything I'd watch again. But I mean, at least I know what's going on in it. So I, I kind of am uh, am of the idea, which is, this is what he and I were kind of saying to each other, is you know, I mean, I, I've. I would prefer a movie, even if it's not a great movie. I just I, I need to know what's going on in it. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Chad Chad Hemsley says, "Not seen Axum, but surely it can't be any worse than the terrible Phantom Killer with an F." I shudder thinking about it even now, a decade since I watched it. And I asked Chad, "Are you a betting man?" Um, Rob Doyle says, "Haven't seen this one, but I will rectify this before the anniversary show hits." By the way, wasn't Savage Water universally accepted as the worst slasher movie ever? Maybe at a time, but no. It's, no, it's it, better it's, than this. It's yeah. Citizen Kane compared to Axum. Yeah, it's like Rear Window, uh, isn't it? Or Cape Fear compared to... <laughs> it yeah. is, really. Or Bloody uh, Murder. <laughs> Declan Gallagher, under the name Gecklin Gallagher, says, I actually hadn't heard of this until one of your very first episodes. I think Nathan picked it as one of his worst slashers. Uh, this may be the worst movie I've ever seen, and I'm and I'm not much for hyperbole, but I'm hard pressed to think of anything worse. It's beyond incompetent, makes no sense, and can't even manage to be entertaining. And isn't it only like 65 minutes? Feels like 65 years. Uh, Brad Yasuda says, if I'd had enough dough during the gory graduation Indiegogo, I'd have a triple bill of Axum Detour and Night of Horror. Uh, this is going to be fucking painful. As Inga says, though, suffering is good for pleasure. Uh, <laughs> yes, Michael <laughs> Michael Lake says, I'm already sure Nathan loves it. I, I myself haven't seen it. Who else? Jeremy Klein says, my copy of Axum. It's a pretty, it is pretty bad, but most movies York Entertainment put out were, and he posted a picture of his VHS. So there you go. Rogue Scholar says, never seen. Bought the DVD purely because I need to see every movie you guys cover. Douglas Walt says, I watched it first when it came out. It was terrible then. It's terrible now. Clint Kelly says, hands down, the worst movie I've ever seen. Dave Rendon says, so we go from psycho to this, and people say I'm bipolar. 
(laughs) (laughs) And then Alan Dortch says, God awful. And finally, Eric Klingenberg said he lists three movies. I'm assuming he's trying to say these are worse than Axum. He doesn't say anything else, but I'm going to disagree with him. He says, Axe Giant, The Wrath of Paul Bunyan from 2013, 666, The Demon Child from 2004, and The Infamous Rock and Roll Nightmare from 1987. And no way is Rock and Roll Nightmare worse than Axum. That movie is awesome. I love Rock and Roll Nightmare. I also I love agree. Axe, yeah. uh, the Paul Bunyan movie. The Axe yeah, it, I loved it, it too. It was hilarious. And competent. I haven't seen The Demon competent. Child. But that's all we have for that. Excellent. Well, thank you, everyone, who took the time to read it. And we do apologise to the um, the few of you out there who decided to buy the movie just to join us in our pain. So sorry. Yeah, sorry about that. But um, have we got any other feedback, Joseph? No, that's it. I know Eric has a joke of the week, and I have uh, more oh, questions yeah. for the game. But other than that, I think we're out of okay. feedback. Well, if you've got any, if you want to uh, write in, I'll tell you, well, this is a way to get in contact with the show because making, thank you for making our birthday special so unmemorable by not writing in your bastards, 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 bastards. But you can make up for that next time by writing in for our next show, which will tell you what that's going to be. But this is how to get in contact with the show. Listen to the Hysteria Continues on iTunes, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and subscribe to us on YouTube. You can email us directly at thehysteriacontinues at gmail.com. Keyword, The Hysteria Continues. Yes, yeah, so only joking. Houseboat you... horror is better than Axel. Well, exactly. It is. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yes. And we're all young and sexy here, so... Um, and groovy. And groovy. Um, Eric has volunteered a joke of the week yes, so it's better I be have. a good one it's awesome it's my joke of the week it's so, so did you know that Eddie Murphy did the post-production sound effects for this film he was the Axum Foley <laughs> <laughs> oh Eric <laughs> I don't get it. Axel Foley, Beverly Hills Cop. Foley is sound of what? Axel Foley is this character from Beverly Hills Cop, and a Foley artist. Oh, is Foley artist is the guy does the post-production sound. Oh, sorry, I've never seen Beverly Hills Cop, so that's probably why. See, I would have said, I would have said, um, his his work was very raw. I don't get that. Eddie Murphy raw. Yeah, um, the stand-up thing. I actually did. got. How, that how come? How come Joseph doesn't get the bells and the tumbleweed? Because mine was great. <laughs> no, <Nope>, lost. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, so, so anyway, see how low we sunk. Um, yeah. But thank you, Eric. No, that was I thought that was a very good one, actually. Thank you. But uh, uh, Before we wrap this uh, hmm. episode up, I would just like to mention that we're almost going an entire podcast episode without any Susie or Toya mentions. Oh, yeah. And I can't let that happen, so... <laughs> you just mentioned her. <laughs> Who do you prefer, David? I, myself, prefer a big, fat cucumber. Well, yeah, I think we all do. Well, I must have apologised <laughs> for the last time when I, I intimated that it, um, ISIS should pay Toya's... Yeah, that was horrible. Visit. I know that. I do, I do apologise for that. I was, um, you know, but, uh, yeah... Although I don't really, but no, I, I wouldn't wish that on anyone. You know, the the pain of going to a, a toy concerts is enough. So hey, um, you're evil. 
What would you rather do though, Justin? Go to a Toya concert or rewatch Axum? Rewatch Axum? No way. Yeah. <laughs> no way. It's more tuneful. What if they replaced like... the hip hop con- the soundtrack with a uh, Toya? Oh, that would be the kind of thing they would have at Guantanamo Bay, I would imagine. What happens if they replaced it with Uzi songs? Would you watch but, it then? Yeah, of course, it'd be much better. But um, anyway, see see what you started, David. Yeah, that's yeah. what I do. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. This anyway, is war. You know, um, Hyena by Susie and the Banshees. Yes. That's the musical equivalent of Axum. Ha! I came up with that myself. I should be. I should do like a dissing thing, like the rap stars do. Yeah, tell some yo mama jokes, Eric. Yeah. Yeah. Toy your mama's so-, so stupid. She likes Susie and the Banshees. Toy is so fat. Your your, your hey. mama's so stupid. She bought a glass door with a peephole. <laughs> I didn't laugh at that. I didn't. Yeah, I heard it. Right. Well, anyway, let's. Um, I think we should move on. Um, but so, uh, was Joseph- that actually one of the jokes from the Axum, or is that one you've made up? No, actually, there used to be on H- HBO back in the '90s. There used to be like a, like a you got served TV yeah. show of people like telling your mama jokes. The only one I, I can I remember hear from there. on this yeah. was your mama was so stupid she studied for her blood test or something like that. <laughs> it was the only one I could make out. Mm. But I thought the one I didn't get was that he said your mama's so fat she jumped in the air and got stuck. Yeah, I didn't understand that one either. What does that, what does that mean? That's fat. That's fat. Is it? Yeah. Oh, the, would... the most ridiculous one that I heard, uh, I don't even know if it was in this movie, but for some reason it just popped in my head when y'all were talking, was somebody once had said, your mama is so fat, we're inside her right now. <laughs> so, I mean, that'd be pretty big. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, so uh, let's... Um... <laughs> Let's draw a, a, a veil over over Axum for a moment. And uh, Joseph, uh, we got. Um, where are we up to with your competition? Well, someone actually got the last questions right. Um, it was Robert Chardello, and he correctly guessed Hell Knight. So I have three new Robert. questions for a three new movie for, a new, for a, new, a new movie. Even there, you go. Anyway, first question is, and this is a new movie. Uh, well, the first clue is last. No. The second clue is We Meet Again. And the third and final clue is A Seasonal Director. So there are your clues. Mm, another mind bender. Yeah. So, well, thank you, David and Angela, in the background, for joining us for Axum. Um, even though I think it's been quite a fun, fun ride, uh, probably more fun than the movie, hopefully, for people listening. At least, hopefully, you'll be able to hear what we're talk, saying about. Can you imagine if we did the whole, whole podcast as kind of like... Yeah, yeah, that would be. Uh, it was like aerobicide. Yeah, well, we could we'll do get that. released by York Entertainment. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. But um, I hope you've enjoyed being with us. And hasn't been Definitely. too weird. Hasn't been too weird for you, sort of being on the other side of the uh, of the the screen, as it were. But no, it's been great to have you aboard, and good to finally meet across the the interwebs. Finally, um, so uh, you know, thank you. Even though we can't, thank, thank you, David. For, thank you for your choice of movie. It was a fun um, podcast. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. Thank you for um, coming on the show, but no, I, I unthank you for choosing Axum. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, it's all uphill from here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
It is for our well, next choice. Well, yes. Well, that see uh, that well segues, I should say, now uh, into um, very nicely into uh, the next one. And uh, Nathan, it is your choice, isn't it? So, is it um, is it Axum Two, or what is it going to be? Well, yeah, it's going to be Axum Part Two, starring. <laughs> I'll, I'll make it, and it'll be starring the shoe rack. Yeah, and Hazel Tankersley. Oh yeah, I mean, how can I make a movie without her? Exactly. That's um, great. <laughs> No, I'm actually going to pick something like I feel is halfway decent this time. Uh, actually, beyond halfway decent. I want to go with Night Warning, a.k.a. Butcher Baker Nightmare Maker. Fantastic. With the lovely Susan Tyrell. Excellent. No, that will be that will be a good one. So we're kind of um, we are kind of swinging back into uh, a classic early 80s slasher or maybe. And not I don't think any. You can say it's not a slasher because it's a slasher. It's a slasher, and it's kind of it's nineteen eighty two, isn't it? Yes, I think the the key word here is that it's good. <laughs> so it's a palate uh, freshener. Yes, cleanser, cleanser. Okay, right. Well, um, thank you for listening, and thank you again to David for uh, coming on. His series continues. We will be back next time. Um, so, uh, unless there's anything else we want to say, um, we'll say all say goodbye to the good people. And what are we playing out with? Uh, well, we all survived Axum, so we're playing out with "I Will Survive" by Is it Gloria Gaynor? Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. Justin would know that. I yeah. wouldn't know that. That was Eric's uh, pick, I believe. No, um, he, Justin wanted that, and then he wants to finish with Weather Girls as well. <laughs> well, I just thought it'd be an appropriate kind of thing. We're, you know, we uh, we all survived the this the film and the podcast, so yes, that's what we're playing out with. But uh, no, thank you for listening. Uh, so say goodbye to the good people. Bomb bandit. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Oh, Eric. I will Bye. put my foot so far up your ass. At first, I was afraid. I was petrified. Kept thinking I could never live without you by my side. I would like to say I did love uh, Cox. Okay. Un- unlike the people in Axum, we can hear you. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, mama. <laughs> Yo, mama. <laughs> oh, hell no. He's going to revenge his toilet death. It really is Citizen <laughs> Kane compared to Axum. Bloody Murder 2? Bloody Murder 2. Yes. Gosh. <laughs>